Hey guys, and welcome to season three, Start From Zero. Thumbs up, let's do this. Starting from zero. You're about to watch multiple people at a time get coached on how to start a business from zero. Some people need emotional support. They're overwhelmed and they've had past failures. Some need strategy. They're beating their head against the wall. Some need tactics. They want to know what to say or do. These episodes are unique. They're vulnerable. They're weird. Many times people come to me with a question, but they need something entirely different. In these episodes, you'll see me combine my 15 or so years of business experience with a little intuition and mindset training to help shape these folks into powerful and confident entrepreneurs. Now we've had 15 millionaire students and counting, so we know this stuff works. Now, make sure you're sending these folks love while you listen, because that stuff matters. We're becoming more sensitive as a society, and we can feel these things even if we don't know it. Let's get to the episode. So in this episode, we are talking to Carrie, Scott, J, and Scott, S. Carrie, let's start with you. What's your big goal for the call? So my goal for the call is to figure out how to get from a what and move to the how. I've been stuck in idea extraction for quite some time now. Okay, wonderful. And Scott, J, how about you? What's your big goal for the call? My big goal would be just figuring out the outsourcing of the mechanism. I have uh, some like pre-sales and uh, yeah, I just really need to hit the ground running with that MVP right now. Great. And how about you? Pretty much. I'm just trying to uh, figure out how to proceed. That's about it. Okay. Wonderful. We'll get more into that in a second. And then thank you for okay. being here, by the way. And also Scott Silverstone. What I really like clarity on are the first steps I need in terms of launching my marketing agency. All right, let's begin with Carrie. So Carrie, tell me a little more about from what to how, stuck in idea extraction. How many idea extraction calls have you done? Oh gosh, I've done at least 12 idea extractions. And so my main area that I'm looking at is telehealth. So I'm looking at customers that provide their practice through telehealth. And so I went through your whole process of, you know, reaching out to different Facebook groups that I was a member of. And so I got a really great response from a variety of people. And I came up with a whole list of pain points and I kind of put them in order of the pain points that I've had and kind of ranked them out. And so I have a whole list that I'm trying to work through. And so I, I pulled out a few of them and then just trying to figure out where to go from there. Good work. Thanks. That's impressive. So for those listening, if you go to startfromzero.com, on the top of it, you'll see guides. And under guides, there's a guide called the two metrics to pick a niche. And that gives a full-on process for both picking a niche and reaching out to a niche and picking a niche based on the lowest cost to acquire a conversation. And anyway, that's the guide you're referencing that you followed? Yes, correct. Okay, okay yeah. What did you think of that guide? I thought it was great. It was really, you know, hands-on, easy to implement and use. 
it was just really, yeah, quick and easy. And, you know, people seemed to be more than willing to talk to me. And if they weren't willing to get on the phone with me, some of them said, hey, can you just email me your questions and I'll give you a response. I even had a great call with someone who said, hey, do you want to talk to several other people in this field? And, and they gave me some other names as well. So it was a positive experience. It was fun. I was you know, nervous going into it, but I had a lot of fun with it. Isn't that nuts, huh? Yeah. Waiting right in front of you your whole life. Mm-hmm. Just folks ready to talk. Yes. So have you ever built and started a business from scratch before? No, I have not. I've always been an employee, continue to be an employee. And so one of my goals is to have something of my own and to you know, work on ways that I can stop trading my time for money. That's great. What a beautiful desire. And as you were speaking, my intuition kind of whispered to me, if you will, that it said you lack experience. And what that means is without experience, you don't have the proper brain structures to adequately like assess opportunity and see how to execute it because there's just been no experience there. So there are a couple ways to build experience. One is just to like, say, build 10 ideas. And another is to diagnose how 10 ideas were built. And so we actually have a guide coming soon called 50 Enviable Business Ideas Laced with Simplicity. And that guide is, of course, 50 ideas of different businesses, but it's broken down into the customer, pain, solution, and offer of each idea, right? So the CPSO, Customer Pain Solution Offer of Each Idea. The idea behind that is when you look at 50 random but unique and simple business ideas, you look at the customer, you look at the pain, you look at the solution, you look at the offer, it starts to build a structure in your brain. And there is no substitute that I have found for taking the time to build the structures of your brain in this way. So instead of having to build, say, 10 businesses, I would go ahead and, well, Maybe we can get you this guide early and we can accelerate getting the guide available for everybody else. It's a free guide, but it's to diagnose how 10 businesses were built in like various industries. And like in these 50 ideas, there is one, for example, it's, I think it's like, I do now I don't.com. And it's literally a marketplace for brides who've changed their mind to sell the wedding ring that they were given. (laughs) <laughs> oh man so that's not the laugh of fun that's like the laugh of oh what an awkward but imagine the irrational pain and all the, the emotional turmoil of a situation like that so the customer is an engaged couple that has decided to break it off the pain is what to do with their wedding ring the solution is a marketplace for other potential brides and grooms to buy cheaper wedding rings than they would at the diamond store And the offer is like 100% price wedding rings at like 70% of the price. You see the CPSO of that? Yes. Do you see how if you did that, say, 10 to 50 times, how it would start to build that kind of experience-based structure in your brain? Yes. And I've been experiencing that through this process. And there have been some themes that have, have emerged from there. That's good. So 
I'm going to give you an assignment and I'm going to come back to you and we'll deepen into this. I want you to take three businesses and take them and articulate the CPSO for three of those, write them down in one sentence for each CPSO for three different businesses. I'm going to come back to you and I want to have you read them out loud. Okay. And then, then from there, we'll go back into some of the ideas you found and we'll see if we can show you what idea might be good to execute on. Okay, great. We want to get experience behind the action in this case. Got it. Uh, so we'll come back to this. So let's move to you. Can you remind me what your big goal for the call was again? Yeah, just to move forward, really. I just don't know what the next step is. All right. So you're ready to face yourself. Pretty much. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of experience of doing nothing. Many years of experience doing nothing. So, you know. Yeah. So I see you said your desire for freedom on a scale of 1 to 10 is an 8.5. Yeah. That missing 1.5, that may be the culprit. Maybe. I could see that. But there may be something blocking it from being a 10. I went for a run this morning and I experienced a lot of difficulty with the run. It was really difficult. Like my body's like, oh God. And the desire to look good naked wasn't doing it for me. You know, the desire to be a desired sex object by the opposite sex wasn't doing it for me. So I'm you know, past my mid-30s, so that's more like a mid-20s thing. <laughs> Fair enough. And the desire to, yeah, be like sexy in my body, and sexy in my skin wasn't doing it. So every time I encountered a lot of struggle in the run, I just stopped running because it was so difficult. But as soon as I found my desire to run linked to self-improvement, I blitzed. And so what I did is like, I run to get in my body. I run to move my body. I run to articulate my expression. I run to feel my arms moving so that my chest moves so that I can feel my heart more. And I do it all to discover. If you'd like to get a free one-on-one with me and be on this show, you can find out details at startfromzero.com forward slash podcast. How I can be more embodied and how I can do it for personal improvement. Now I'm at a 10 out of 10. And I was able to move past those struggles. Because when it comes to starting a business, we're talking about a brutally difficult journey. Not tactically. Tactically, it's incredibly straightforward and simple. You know, what do people want to pay for and what are their problems? But emotionally, that's just like, it's for whatever reason, it's just hell for people emotionally. And so it's the emotions that actually make it difficult. It's the tactics are so, so simple. And anyway, it's brutal. So if the desire is not a 10, I mean, you're going to be, uh, you'll be treading water until you're tired. So let's look at this, man. I'm really happy you're here because this is a common experience that a lot of people share, myself included with running this morning, for example. Is there a way that you could make your desire for freedom a 10 out of 10? I feel like the answer to that is probably in a blind spot of mine that I can't see right now. Take your hand and very gently just put it on your throat if you wouldn't mind. Okay. And see if you can't feel your pulse in your neck just gently. You don't have to like find it, but like you should feel some sort of pulse. I can can feel it. Now everybody else, if you want to join, this is a very nice grounding exercise. And just pay attention to your pulse. And as you feel your pulse, and as you feel a desire to be honest, what is it that... You want to say as it relates to what you deeply desire. Relax your hand. If your hand's tense, let your hand relax a little more. 
What is it you deeply desire? Be brave. <laughs> Did you chuckle there? A little bit, yeah. What was happening to cause the chuckle? <laughs> Anxiety, I'd say. Anxiety. I'm right here, man. Right here with you. If I could hold your hand, I would. <laughs> really. I'd be right here with you, man. I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Um, what would I want? What do you desire? Desire is like a gentle but consistent current. And it just whispers to you. It's like, hey. God, in this context, maybe to not be anxious. Mm-hmm. So relax your hand, pull it away from your throat, and then relax your jaw. And just to give voice to it, just because we understand the emotional world is, is so prevalent in entrepreneurship and hardly talked about. Just try and say out loud, I feel anxious. Feel anxious. See if you can't see your head wanting to nod to that. You're like, oh, yeah. And even say like, oh, this is anxiety. Try that. Yeah, I can feel that. <laughs> yeah, try and say, oh, this is anxiety. This is anxiety. Yes, good, good. Just let it, let it live. Just be fully with anxiety. The moment that you're completely okay with anxiety, it'll probably calm down. Mm. The moment that you're completely okay with anxiety, it'll probably calm down. We think that we want like, you know, financial freedom and we think we want, you know, meteoric success or meteoric freedom or like we think we want any of these things. But what I encounter for the most part is what people actually don't know that they want and they probably wouldn't buy it for that very reason. Maybe they would. Is freedom to be with their mind exactly as it is. And in that freedom to be with our mind exactly as it is, to allow our innate calling, our, our innate inclination to just naturally animate our body. That's like the next level. I don't even know if it's a level. It should be the way of life. Because each person is, we're, we're all so beautifully made. And every single person is so different. There's not a single person that's the same. Out of 6 billion people, that blows my mind. And just genetically, we're all different. And so if we all just relax our mind to be free, have freedom with our mind exactly as it is, to see that our suffering is actually the striving to end suffering, like the striving to remove the anxiety is actually like the source of the anxiety in some cases. And by simply just noticing your desire to be anxiety free, if you can be fully with your desire to be anxiety free, because that's exactly what you feel, I don't want to have anxiety. You fully with that, instead of living it out, instead of going through three years of programs or meditations or journeys or flying around the world to see gurus or whatever, you're just fully hang out with your desire to end anxiety. You're with your mind exactly as it is in that moment. Freedom with mind. And then as that calms down, I see you mentioned you're an artist on your survey. Mm. And I'd encourage you to never neglect that. Tell me how your heart's doing here and all this. Less tense. <laughs> yeah. Less tense. A little bit, yeah. A little. So... You did ask in your survey, if you could ask me anything, if you could get one thing out of this call, hearing all this, what would that one goal be? Oh, God. This call. 
I mean, I had a couple of questions, but they were mostly kind of in the weeds compared to what we're doing right now. Try saying I don't have a question, just to see if it lands. I don't have a question. I don't have a question. I don't have a question. I guess that doesn't really land, no. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just that all of the questions I have are kind of, I mean, like I said, like the one on my survey, it's a bit in the weeds compared to what we're doing right now. Try my desire for freedom is a 10 out of 10. Say that out loud. My desire for freedom is a 10 out of 10. My sense is the questions that you have for me right now, the questions you came on the call with, are a result of that missing 1.5. Mm. I'd grant you that, yeah. Yeah, and this is pretty normal, man. Like, you know, I'm starting a new SaaS business and like, I'm terrified. And I started seeking out mentors right away because I just didn't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Is this going to, who, 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 wait, wait, why, wait, what, uh, hold on. Okay, can I find someone to help? Okay, can I get a mentor? Can I, and that's all happening inside of me when I'm launching this new SaaS. And so I, out of this state of not believing in myself, ultimately, to carry out this level of a SaaS idea. Sure, I can write a book. Sure, I can mentor entrepreneurs. Sure, I can build transaction management software for a real estate industry. But this, this evokes and wakes up a deep lack of belief in myself. And so I'm a mess. Mm. So I get help. I have like business, I have therapists that I hire for business trauma or whatever. <laughs> mm. Like, yeah. I, like I hire a therapist to do like, hey, I've got paralysis on this SaaS idea. Can you help? Like, I'll do that. It's such a good return on investment. So how did you find help when you were starting out? Oh, I just had enough anger that I just burned through every, <laughs> every obstacle, man. I was like... Just charged through. I get yeah. that. I respect that. Yeah. I was fierce. Very fierce. But I was still scared. You know, like I... Mm. I was fierce, but intelligent, but there definitely was a part of me that was like, will not be stopped. But that's like the 11 out of 10. It might help if you don't take it so personally. Like what if your desire for freedom wasn't like personal and it wasn't like to prove worth and it wasn't to prove mm. significance and it wasn't, wasn't to prove that you're an adequate human and it wasn't to prove that you're not a failure and it wasn't to prove that you're not faulty and it wasn't to prove that you don't have anxiety. And it, mm. Like, what if it just wasn't personal? What if it's just freedom feels like exhilarating and doesn't matter who I am or where I am or what I think about myself, that freedom of exhilaration is not personal. It's just a universal desire. And that's what I want to experience. Yeah, I can see that. I think one of the greatest reasons that I've seen such success in business is that I take very little of it personally. Mm. You like the idea? No? Okay. Let's find something you do like. Oh, you don't want to pay this? That's fine. Let's find something you do want to pay for. Oh, you don't want to work at my company anymore? Okay. It hurts. That breaks my heart for a little bit. Okay. We'll find someone else. Oh, you do want to pay for this. Oh, you want to pay that great price. That's amazing. Wow. I'm honored. I like that concept, not taking things too personally. Well, I think that's what has enabled me to fly in business. Not taking anything personally, huh? Correct. Hmm. Now, of course, I'll get triggered and take things personally. And then when I do, I know that's my personal work to heal, whatever is taking that personally. So how do you heal it? Well, you notice you're triggered. 
hire a business therapist if you got one. Mm. If you can't afford a business therapist, look up emotional freedom technique on YouTube. Like type in how to clear trauma with EFT on YouTube. There's other healing modalities. But the thrill of entrepreneurship isn't the money. And it actually isn't even the freedom for me. It's the process of becoming. That's the thrill. Process of becoming. Yeah, big time. Becoming what though? Oh, forever, forever becoming. Forever unfolding, forever shifting. Becoming him who you are. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, who I think I am. So, you know, if I think negatively of myself, that's not who I am. If I think positively of myself, that's closer, but that's still not even who I am. If I think I'm worthy, that's still not who I am. So if I identify with any of those thoughts, I've already lost because there is a greater sense of like some people like, oh, imposter syndrome. So if you feel imposter syndrome, then, okay, you don't want to feel imposter syndrome and you want to feel like you belong. And yet when you're in the land of thought and identity like that, these different identities, the identity of imposter syndrome wants to build the identity of belonging, but you're working in the land of identity there because you're still taking things personally. There is a land, there is a, a realm beyond all of that where you feel a sense of connection and belonging that's, it's, not, it's so much deeper than worth or belonging. Like words are difficult to describe the sense of fullness that you start to feel when you are able to exit identity. Hmm. And so this land of exit identity is once you're able to exit identity, then you're able to start looking at the world and you're starting to see the heartbeat of the world is suffering in many ways. Hmm. There are many great problems that exist. The heart of the world is also rejoicing in many ways. Hmm. But if you exit identity and you stop taking things personally, you now look out at the world and you see, wow, there are some traumatic issues. Then you start looking at the world, you're like, whoa, I'm sitting here trying to prove my worth and try to get freedom and try to prove success when there are some deep issues in the world. And there could be small issues, like a karate school has a really talented karate instructor and he's only got five students right now and he needs 25 students to start providing a good living for himself. And that's a universal problem amongst karate schools that you're like, you know what, I really wanna help these people. If you figured out a system for one karate school to go from five students to 25 students, that's probably going to be replicatable in like every city. I see that. I think that leads at least me to ask, because this, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Because there are all these problems in the world, but you might not, I mean, I don't know, maybe you don't feel you have what it takes to solve those problems. You always have what it takes, man. Well, don't have what it takes to teach karate. (laughs) Okay. So I should find another problem, I guess, is probably what you're about to say. No. No. The, guy, the karate instructor is there. He's already teaching. Oh, yeah. I should outsource the teaching to an expert. You know, yeah, as the entrepreneur, there is one primary objective for you, and that is to be obsessed and take full responsibility for delivering the result. That's where your obsession lies. Mm-hmm. So your alliance and allegiance is to result. So... Like as a new entrepreneur, it's very common, you know, give your power away to an expert, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I can't do this. I don't have the expertise because you Mm -hmm. think the expertise is where the value of the business is. But the value of the business is not in the expertise. It's partially in there. Like the technology, the technical expertise has to be there. But 
It's only part of the puzzle. And it's generally only about 20% of the puzzle is the expertise. The other 80% is customer acquisition, marketing, sales, customer support, operations, all this stuff. Like 20% is product. And so you've got a karate instructor and he needs to go from five to 25, right? But now let's say we're wrapped up in proving ourselves and wrapped up in like ending our anxiety and, and like just taking ourselves a little too personally. And then we're taking ourselves a little too personally. We're missing the cry that's out there waiting for us to love and serve. And so we find a great problem. You find a great problem. Karate instructors have five students and need to go to 25. And so you're like, okay, they need customer acquisition. So you go out and you Google how to learn customer acquisition and you learn it. You go to Amazon, you type in customer acquisition and you learn it. And you're like, I'm going to do this. Maybe you don't even do that. Maybe you hire customer acquisition experts. You Google customer acquisition experts. You start interviewing them. Maybe you go to karate schools that are actually already currently full and you interview them and see what they're doing to have full studios. Mm, okay. The options of you to walk when you're a 10 or 11 out of 10 are fairly endless. So assignment for you is move to the next person. Your assignment when I come back to you is to find three non-personal reasons why the world needs you to be at a 10 out of 10. So non-personal would have nothing to do with you proving your worth or not. Mm -hmm. Three non-personal reasons the world needs you to be at a 10 out of 10. Or three non-personal reasons that your own destiny wants you to be at a 10 out of 10. All right, sound good? Okay, okay, sounds good. Okay, and we'll come back to you and we'll keep diving deeper. And let's go to Scott Jones. Scott, what's up, man? Hey. All right, so ask me your question. Yeah, the, I basically have a performance coaching program idea that I've already sold three people on. One, I've sent the invoice, still waiting back for that. But my niche is struggling high school math students. And I've been a tutor for two years and just have seen an opportunity to really provide that longer term just growth for the student rather than just focusing on just these temporary behaviors to get the grade kind of thing, but really give them that long-term value, the get out of the dependency on the tutor for their success kind of thing. So I'm really just in that development phase of that program and it's going to be starting next week. So I'm, (laughs) what's the promise that you're selling that they're buying right now? So I'm promising the improvement in math because that's a lot like why they initially look for tutoring is their kid is struggling. So they want improvement in math. So I guarantee that. And then I also guarantee that by the end of the program, they will not need to depend on me or anyone else to continue to do well. So very awesome and very simple. Mm -hmm. Improvement in math and end dependence on tutors. Exactly. That's the big two. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just out of curiosity, and my answer for this question is usually yes. Is your worth tied up in this endeavor in any way? I don't believe so. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I was just giving you permission to say yes if you needed to. I appreciate that. Yeah. So your worth's not tied up in this endeavor. And you see these math students struggling. And how does your heart feel when you see this group of math high school students struggling? I get upset. 
because the solution that is most often being provided to them is is only temporary by other tutoring businesses and individual tutors as well. So you see a problem in the world, a cry, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. and the current solution is a Band-Aid. Yeah, exactly. And we could probably list hundreds of problems that currently exist like that on the planet. Yeah. That, probably thousands, maybe tens of thousands. And your worth is not tied up in this. Mm-mm. And you're just like, I got, I got to help these kids. Yeah. Can you say that out loud to give you some voice? I got to help these kids. I have got to help these kids. Would you say your desire is a 10 out of 10? Approaching 10.5 to 11 as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have a methodology of the tutoring that you're going to like train other tutors to use or? That would be possibly an, a result of if this model ends up working, if I can deliver the result to these three students. Great. And of course, it, scale that then yeah i would love to be able to share that with the world have you read the start from zero book yes that's how i ended up knowing about you and i heard about it through drew's podcast i actually edited his book (laughs) drew mcclare yeah yeah yeah, drew i won't forget drew how do you forget Drew? i know right (laughs) his personal magnetism is off the charts so inside joe guys that's what he teaches Mm -hmm. so anyway you're doing great so are you able to fulfill the mechanism yourself See, that's the thing. I am, I can definitely within my own time and endeavor create the MVP, just like something that I would get by and still end up with a solid result. It obviously wouldn't have all the bells and whistles and the clean, it would just be very plain, like PowerPoint video, give them lessons for the week. And I'm in love with that. I'm in love with that. Are you? Yeah, I am very pleased that I have the capability and the belief in myself that I can fulfill that because I did have initial fear around that and I've just been like, screw it, I'm going to go for it. But as far as the, I guess what's kind of daunting to me is filling it out once I've kind of started, I guess, yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. Keep it focused on the students. So Mm -hmm. that means you don't really need a logo for your PowerPoint. You don't need a nice design. You just like the bare bones. When the result you're wanting to provide is clear, mm-hmm. you can be like sloppy with everything else. If you'd like to get a blueprint to my brain, I have it in a 302 page book, Start From Zero. And you can get a free chapter. You actually can get my best chapter for free on that book right now at startfromzero.com. Go check it out. So assignment for you is if I believed in myself at a 10 out of 10, how would I fulfill this product quickly and easily? And then once the result is provided, how could I train others to do it for me? Okay. Does this require personal tutoring or could it be taken as a course? So that's kind of the unique model I have. As of right now, I am combining it with the tutoring. So it's kind of like a package deal. So I split between actually hands-on tutoring, like private one-on-one tutoring with the student. But then I incorporate the coaching with it. And long-term, I think it would be cool to separate them and have the coaching separate. But yeah, that's as it is right now. So the assignment, if I believed in myself at a 10 out of 10, how would I quickly and easily fulfill this mechanism Mm -hmm. and how would I start bringing in 
my first tutors once I know it starts working. So I want you to brainstorm that and type out, write out or type out as furiously as you can. And I'm going to come back and we're going to check in with that. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. You bet. Wonderful work. So before we go to Scott Silverstone, are you there? I am. Did you hear me speaking to you the whole time as I was talking to him? I did. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear, man. We'll come back to you in a bit. Okay. Scott Silverstone. Howdy, Dan. Good. You finally figured out how to unmute your mic there, huh? I just figured people didn't want to hear me uh, saying mantras in the background. As, uh, <laughs> you were advising other people. So. Oh, great. Well, so how can I help, man? I'm looking for advice on where to start getting clients for uh, my new advertising agency. Specifically, do you, do, you have, do you have clients that have results right now, Scott? I do not. Do you have any clients at all? No. Okay, so you're in the land of just starting... So then your first step is to try to get clients for as low cost, if not free as possible. And then once they get results, you charge to the moon. Okay. That's been the most easy effortless way I've been able to do it. Cause confidence is going to be low unless you're really confident that you can generate a result. How confident are you that you can generate a result? Actually pretty confident. I have experience both in the legal industry and I have experience running Facebook ads. I've never run Facebook ads for the law industry. Okay. I've run it. I had a real estate company where I managed all my own ads. So in this case, you could charge and instead of using your results, you can use results borrowed from other processes that you would use the same methodology of. Uh, So it's really powerful. In fact, let me, I'm going to read out loud to you an email that was responsible for launching a business. So I had a friend of mine and he was over at my house and I was like, dude, so easy to start a business. This is when I was like 27. So, you know, I've learned a few things since then. I was like, it's so easy, man. You don't even need a product, man. It's just, just, here's all you gotta do is sell stuff. He's like, I don't get it, man. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't even have a product to sell. And I was like, all right, fine. Here, let's do this. I pull up this like example of uh, OBGYN who had like a pop-up, pop-up on his website. And they said it was responsible for adding like, 390 grand to his business, this little pop-up. Okay. I said, okay, so we've got something that works for an OBGYN. How about you use the same pop-up for plastic surgeons? Okay. And so he went to like the associate board of plastic surgeons and got like a thousand emails. And this was back in 2010 when email was way more wide open. Today you wouldn't necessarily use email, but you'd message the plastic surgeons on their Facebook page or any other place of everybody's trying to get in the inbox these days. So you want to kind of go where no one is. And there are places like if you message a business's Facebook page, you're like the only marketer in there. So they reply. It's a good place to go, but it's not about all oh, Facebook pages. Now the underlying pattern is where aren't people reaching out that your customers are still listening to messages. And with enough reflection, like if you were trying to go into like the Bitcoin space, you'd go into like all these like niche live chat rooms and private message people through chat rooms. You know, it's it's not like, oh, always email. But anyway, this was email, right? So here's what we did. Subject line, see this yet question mark. All right, here goes. I'm looking for five plastic surgeons to test pilot a lead generation system. I will only work with one plastic surgeon per city. This simple system took an OBGYN's practice in Henderson, Nevada from 390,000 to 1.2 million in two years. What is it? A lead capture system to bring in business. 
We capture a person's first name, email address, and phone number in exchange for a report on the top seven questions you must have answered before choosing a surgeon. Step one, I will work personally with your practice to create the report and to tailor the answers to each question of why they should choose your practice. One hour of your time is needed here. Step two, we will insert the lead capture forms onto your current website to turn the traffic you already get into even more good leads. It will look very professional. Your time is needed here to review the design. Step three, you sit back and collect leads. The time frame: this test pilot program will take 60 days. Your cost is a measly $200 and I'll need a written testimonial from you if it works. At the end of 60 days, you will know whether or not this works and can cancel or continue using it at that time, but I doubt you will. If you have questions or even mildly interested, push reply right now and say, let's do it. So he sent this out and we went to go play video games and we came back and he had a bunch of replies. <laughs> he ended up getting like 20 sales out of a thousand person list on one email blast, which would be 2% conversion rate. So now you're wondering, well, why did you get the simple system about the OBGYN? I was like, well, I pay for marketing newsletters that talk about what other industries are doing for marketing and I'm reading all the time. Like Carrie, for example, like I'm building my business acumen by reading a lot. And I read a ton back then. I read myself to sleep. I read first thing in the morning. I listened to interviews of business owners in the car. I was just pouring information into my brain and it's paid millions and millions of dollars in dividends. And so this was an example of a marketing newsletter I was reading and they had this example in there. So you do it, but you don't, you could just Google marketing methodologies that work, marketing tactics for generally speaking, Scott, what you could really do is you go to like the most ruthless industries and then you take those marketing tactics and bring them into industries where the marketing acumen is like nil. So internet marketing, for example, is a very competitive industry. If you employed just one or two things that most of the top internet marketers are doing for an attorney, that'd be great. But there's, if you look up like top attorney marketing systems in Google, you're going to see people that are running basically similar things to you. And you're going to see clients talking about, I got six new clients a month. And you can literally reference like, hey, an attorney from da 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 that used this same methodology that will execute for you got X, Y, Z. And you can kind of just, on the podcast, you can just keep repeating back that email and then kind of like apply it to your situation. All right. I love this idea. The one thing that's thrown me, I'm a big fan of cold email. The one thing that's thrown me is trying to find other avenues to reach the right contacts at these businesses. Would you recommend starting with cold email, just like the example you gave, and then moving on to other avenues of reaching out? Um, I would, in a very jaded world, I would recommend you consider building a systematic process for building rapid trust. Like, ask the question, like, what's a systematic way I can build rapid trust? So that would be like five attorneys reveal their client acquisition secrets, right? And you interview top attorneys and you see what they're doing and you interview it, you put it into a little book, they read it. And then by the way, at the end of the book, you can help whoever read that implement everything they learned. But you're building trust. I would go for trust. So my intuition told me not to do this, but I violate my intuition on purpose just to learn and see data, et cetera. So okay. 
we have a book funnel where people can get my book for free if they pay shipping. And then as a thank you for buying the book, we offer discounts on our other three products. We've got four products to start from zero, right? A book, a series called Timid to Transformed, which I recommend everybody get. It's a eight entrepreneurs reveal how they got their first sale. And it's like 99 bucks to see how eight entrepreneurs have made 50 grand. It's phenomenal. Then you have Start and Scale, scale your business to one sale a day. And then you have the yearly mentoring community. Those are our four products. Well, as soon as you buy the book, we offer you discounts on those other three programs. But our take rate on like 100 book sales is like 12 people out of 100 are buying other things. So 88 people aren't buying anything else but that book for shipping and handling. And I knew this would happen, but I did it anyway. And I believe the reason it's happening is because there's no rapport and there's no trust. They're like, you know, I'll take you up for a book, but I ain't going to buy anything else until I know you're any good. So what we're doing is we're shifting the entire process for our cold ads to link people to our top podcast episodes where people can click play. So you think about it, we have 300 people click on an ad, they come to the book page, we get three to six people that buy a book. You get 300 people that click on an ad, they come to the podcast page. Maybe we get 30 or 40% of them, which is let's say 100 out of 300 start listening to an episode. Of those 100 people that start listening to an episode, I'll probably have 20 or 30 people that are really liking this and I'll have a relationship with. Within a year, those 20 or 30 people will probably result in five to maybe 15 into buying something from me eventually. But I led with value. So like everyone benefits from that entire process. Like it's just a much better process. So I'm going towards a route where we're going to build a lot of trust first. And in a world where you're like a marketing agency and you're with attorneys, dude, I cold called attorneys for an hour one day and recorded it just to see. I went on a walk and cried afterwards. It was awful. They're like, leads, hang up. Leads, hang up. I got a sale, but it wasn't worth the hour of pain. You know, you got to find those like 5% of attorneys that just say yes to everything, you know, and they're out there, but I got a good sales. Like, yeah, man, I'll try doing a pop-up. And yeah, but it, you know, a lot of the times, like it was so interesting. I was like, I asked for an attorney and I got, con I got passed to an attorney and the attorney's like, yeah, how can I help you? What case can I help you with? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. There must've been a misunderstanding. I don't have a case, but I've got something really cool. If I could try to pitch it to you. And he's like, you got 10 seconds. And I said, uh, well, I'd like to help you generate more lead. Not interested. Thanks. I'm out. <laughs> So I knew not to talk to attorneys about leads at that point. And then our future marketing messages were really sharp. Like attorneys were much more resonant to it because I learned what got me hung up on on the phone. And I brought that into my digital marketing in written form and it did a lot better. So cold calling is a really great way to quickly see what will eat dirt and what won't. And then you put what gets the response in the message. Is that helpful? Uh, very much so. Very much so. Thank you. So Yeah. So your assignment now is the system. What system can I build to easily, don't make it difficult, don't make it hard, just like let it be super easy. What's a system I can easily make to rapidly build trust with these attorneys before I ever ask them to buy anything? I'll give you an idea that's coming now. So um, I would create a Facebook group for how attorneys are handling COVID. And then I would invite attorneys all over into that group and I'd hold monthly calls where you get all the attorneys together and they all share their ideas. So now your cold emails are like, hey, how are you handling COVID? We've got this fit-free Facebook group. It's just our way to try to take care of the community during this difficult time. 
Hope to see you there, Scott. You see how you just decimate every other agency doing that? It's a very soft, but very helpful open. Yeah. It's uh, non-threatening. Yeah. You just, just destroy, like, you'd stand head and shoulders above less strategic folks. This is where marketing and having a good mentor really helps you fly. So thanks for asking for the mentorship. And also, I know you're in the starters program, so thanks for being in starters too. It's an honor. Yeah, man. So I think we go to Carrie. Let's hear your three CPSOs. Okay. So the first one... Before you go, what was it like to listen to the other three? I'm curious. My wheels started turning <laughs> and I was taking notes and uh, especially thinking about, you know, what systems can I make to easily build trust? I, I started writing that down and I was thinking about my you know, three different solutions that I have in mind and thinking about, oh, you know, I, I think this could fit into one of my solutions. So one of my solutions is starting to stick out now than the others. Hot diggity. Okay, let's hear the three CPSOs. Okay, so the first one is a customer who really loves pizza. The pain is they don't want to make their own pizza. It takes too long. The solution is they, they would love to have you know, delicious pizza delivered to them quickly, and the offer would be hot, fresh pizza delivered in 30 minutes or it's free. So this is your Domino's example <laughs> that you also talk about with the whole words that sell formula. Good job. So the offer would be more the solution mm -hmm. and the offer would have a price tag. Okay. So what would the price tag be for this particular example? I don't know. $15 for the pizza. Try saying that again without, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the offer would be $15 for your pizza. All right. Let's hear the next one. Okay. The customer is people who want to work out in a gym their pain is that they really don't have a lot of money to spend and they can't work out at home. The solution would be a gym that doesn't cost too much and there's no commitment. The offer is $10 a month gym membership with no strings attached. Beautiful. Next one. So the next one, I was reflecting on the starters program that I'm currently yeah. in. Yeah. So... <laughs> This would be for members in the starters program who want a systematic way to stay organized and know what's coming next in the program. The pain point is that there's a lot of activities. They're great activities, but sometimes it's a challenge to keep track of all the assignments and know what to do. So the solution would be a paper workbook or an online workbook that includes starters activities in it. And the offer would be a paper workbook or online workbook that includes business and mindset activities covered in the starters program for $150. Or the other offer could be that you could just include it in the price of the program and increase the price to join. Yeah, or offer it as a bonus. Yes. Would you make that for me for starters? I would love to make something like that. <laughs> How much would you like to be compensated? Just the first number that pops in mind. Make it easy. Gosh, honestly, Dane, I'm not really sure how to answer that. How's 300 sound? I was thinking about 500. That'd be my top end. You'd have to deliver something real good. I could deliver something excellent for that. Okay, let's do it. Perfect. So, hey, you made 500 bucks on the podcast. 
<laughs> and you're helping to improve our starters program and we invest everything we can to help our members there. Yeah. That sounds really useful. So now the three CPSOs, what happened to your brain as you started doing those? Well, I started seeing problems everywhere and picking out pain points. And it was, it started to become easy to come up with, with solutions. There's just lots of problems everywhere that need to be solved. And even once you come up with some solutions, then that leads to more problems down the road. Very good. All right. Nice work. And you also mentioned that the three ideas, the one that you're thinking, like there's a winner emerging. I believe so. Can I ask you a question around that? Absolutely. So for my three solutions, my first solution involves one that I would have some expertise in, and it would be developing a course or an ebook and then, you know, rolling out that to, to my customer to buy, you know, I even came up with an idea for an upsell. So that one would be the quickest one to do. My second solution is one that I don't have the expertise in. Of course, I could certainly outsource it, which I would, would need to do, but it involves developing a type of an app or a high-tech solution for those that are currently telehealth providers. I do have a customer who said she'd be willing to pay $50 per month for it. It's one customer. It's something that would take a long time to develop. So I'm thinking that I should probably start with the first one and get that one off the ground running. My second solution can tie into the same audience of the people that would be interested in the first solution. Does that make sense? Yeah. Your thought process sounds wonderful. Yeah. And then my third one, it wasn't a specific solution, but I had taken the wealth dynamics test. Yeah. And my profile is mechanic. And mm -hmm. that just made all of the sense <laughs> in the world to me. So I was reflecting and thinking, should I find a system or a process related to telehealth to kind of work on automating or improving. However, nothing jumped out at me at this point. So then I started thinking maybe I should just start with number one and see where that goes. Yeah, it's good. It's a good way of your saying it's not up to me. Mm -hmm. That's good. In general, if you've got like 10 ideas that you're looking at, you're generally looking at the ease to develop, the fastest to get a client a result, and the one that people also want to buy. And if you marry those three, like you just look through all 10 of them, you're like time to develop, ease to develop, speed to result, and then the number of people that said they would buy it, and then you have a clear winner. And you, that's what you just did naturally. So good. Okay, great. That's helpful. Thank you. Yeah, and I look forward to that little, whatever the solution is for starters. It sounds like a wonderful addition. Yes, I'll be in touch. Thank you. Yeah. And then so let's go to you next. Hello. Hey, man. So, my three non-personal reasons. Yes. There are problems to be solved. Solving these problems will make the world better, and making the world better is part of the process of the world's becoming. Whew. Does that one give you chills? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little? <laughs> well, the strongest things are the most subtle, I'd say. Mm, you sound like an artist. <laughs> we need your artist's heart. We need it, man. Strongest things are the most subtle, huh? Often they are. It's going to haunt me for the next week as I contemplate that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Positive haunting. How connected are you to the desire for 
your freedom and the world's freedom to be a 10 out of 10. I've been there. Yeah. So your desire for freedom and your desire for the world's freedom is a 10 out of 10 at this point right now. Yeah, I'd say I'm there, yeah. What's that like? What's the difference between that and the 8.5? Can you articulate the shift? To be honest, it's very similar to before, except I'm okay with it. Oh, wow. Very similar to before, but you're okay with it. Yeah. Wow. Very similar to before, but you're okay with it. Beautiful work. Do you have any questions for me? Regarding this, no. I did have a question regarding the, uh, and this is kind of an in-the-weeds question. And if it's completely outside the scope, you don't have to answer. But in the starters program, we have the sales challenge. I was wondering if you had any guidelines for how we practice the sales calls. Yeah, wonderful. Are you in starters? I am. Oh, wonderful. I didn't see your last name on Zoom, so I usually try to keep tabs on all the names. Oh, good. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so what he's asking about is in starters, we have... You know, we ask people where they struggle and they say they struggle with sales. So we have a challenge called from fear to love with sales. So we're having members practicing different sales methodologies on each other to build their confidence. And your question was what exactly in regards well, to Well, so here's the thing. I mean, I, I understand how we do the idea extraction and that makes sense to practice because essentially we're not selling anything. We're coming into the idea extraction very open and if we're selling anything, it's a magic wand solution, which, you know, we kind of metaphorically pull out of thin air. But my so understanding... I'll pause you. Yes, please do. So start the sales calls with what's a magic wand you'd want to pay for right now. Mm-hmm. Let the person just create one. Just ask that point blank and then practice the sales process around that magic wand. Okay. Mr. Scott Jones, let's come to you. How did your assignment go? It was great. The first question was, how would I fulfill the mechanism as like a 10 out of 10 to deliver the the results I've sold? And what I'll do is I'll just take it week by week and go all in each week with the development of the, just the activities and the content, whether that's video, PowerPoint or whatever, and also get feedback from other performance coaches as well along the way, just to constantly see like, how can I best serve the students, I guess, with their expertise, because they'll have a lot more experience than I do within the performance coaching realm. And then the second question was, once you have that result, how can you start bringing in others or train and share it with others, like bringing in tutors, basically to remove me from the tutoring component. And so I said, once I have a proof of concept, I can consider some kind of business model that just separates that tutoring from the coaching and then package the coaching into possibly a product that can even be a standalone and be able to serve students outside of math, just maybe any struggling student. And also an idea I had is to develop a training course once I've proven it works that I could sell other tutors and even like have like a summit or webinar that could lead into the selling of that. So that's kind of what I came up with. Phil sounds pretty smooth to me. Are you good with it? I'm happy with it. I mean, this is kind of things that have been swirling in my mind and then just saying it out loud. I do feel a little bit more peace around it. Anything else? I guess the outsource, like once I have the proof of concept, the outsourcing of that, I guess that's the part because I have never outsourced work before. And that's the part like I, I, I watched the outsourcing video that you've provided us and that was incredible. But I guess for performance coaching and tutoring is very specialized, I guess. And so I wouldn't be able to probably like go to the Philippines or something for something 
really cheap, you know? So I guess that's a little bit down the road, but you might be able to, I might, you might, I've got a very talented Philippines employee that is incredible through start from zero. And she's smart as a whip, perfect English. Mm -hmm. She's one of my most wonderful hires. And she's like a very talented, like web dev, graphic designer. Mm -hmm. My guess is there's some really epic math whizzes in the Philippines that speak good English that could also teach. So as long as I'm very specific about the responsibilities and the expectations, like if I were to post a job listing, I would probably be able to find someone. Yeah, that's regardless of where you put that posting, you want to definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's worth trying you might blow your own mind. Mm -hmm. Like try to prove yourself wrong more often than you prove yourself right. I like that. Like, it's like my intuition's like, oh, don't do this. Don't send them to the funnel. Then it does like, no, I'm going to try and prove myself wrong. See what happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was actually right here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful work. And then Mr. Scott Silverstone, how do we do? All right. So I have two ideas for an easy way to establish instant authority. One is, I'll say, copying your idea, uh, creating a Facebook group that's very relevant for law firms and running with that. And a second idea I had was creating an online summit, inviting other marketing firms to speak at the online summit, but I would be the host and making that free just as a something that can be given to people later on and something that will attract interest, but a a business generating summit for attorneys. That's some Jedi level stuff. You literally go and interview your competitors. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Because they're not competitors, really. You could say that. You can definitely say they're competition. In some sense, you are competing. Absolutely. However, you are all also trying to help the industry all achieve the same result together. Yeah, we all need each other. The, frankly, the law firms are struggling and the marketing firms are struggling too. So the more they can work together, everyone gets rich. Yeah. I think you just chance transformed your problem from like, how do I get a few clients to like, how am I going to handle becoming an authority overnight in an industry? Wow. Time to get it done. Yeah. Sounds amazing. All right, guys, so let's go through just the list and just have you guys each mention like one new thing that you, or one old thing you're reminded of, but kind of one thing that you're going to be taking from the call. Let's start with you. Well, it's just to not take things so personally. <laughs> you are free, my friend, with just that alone. Did you have something else? No, I, I think the best answers are nice and simple. Yeah. And Carrie, how about you? I have a, a couple things. One is that I determined what I'm going to do in terms of a solution for the business that I'm, I'm working on. So now I can go ahead and start working on that. And the second one is I have a project with you. So I'll be working on a starter's workbook. Beautiful. And Scott Jones? Uh, a couple for me as well. The, the first one was the just try to prove yourself wrong more than prove yourself right. I thought that's a really cool change of perspective. And the second thing was actually when you were speaking with Aaron, I really loved the idea of there's a deeper belonging beyond your worth and identity. 
because I do feel like we have a tendency to like hinge a lot on who we are, but can even go beyond and deeper than that. And I really appreciate that insight. Yeah. Maybe we'll all remember it one day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. Scott Silverstone. Establish rapid authority with prospects. So before cold calling, before cold emailing, make yourself an expert rather than hassling them for a sale. Difference between survival and effortless thriving. You'll still effort, but your effort is much more strategic. Good work. Nice work, everybody. If you'd like to know the number one thing that kills people from being successful in entrepreneurship, it's really simple. It's them trying to do it alone, trying to do it without mentorship, trying to do it without accountability, trying to do it without a way to focus, trying to do it without somebody helping you along the way to get your mind straight. And right now, I'm running a yearly mentoring, accountability, and focus community called Starters. And you can learn more about Starters and join a community of amazing entrepreneurs all practicing and living the principles from this podcast and this book. How do you get good at this stuff? Practice. How do you get even better being around others that practice? And how do you become unstoppable and just move no matter what? Community community, community, and not just any community, a community of people that don't shame you for wanting freedom, a community of people that don't look at you weird for saying you want more. You can find that community at Starters. If you go to startfromzero.com, you'll see our products up top and then you can go and find the Starters program. We would love to have you. And we also have a good fit quiz that you can take on that page because not everybody's a good fit for starters. So if you go look at the starters page, take the good fit quiz and it'll tell you if you'll be a good fit for that program. Listen, we don't accept everyone because we're obviously not for everyone, but we are for certain people. If you'd like to see if that person is you, go to startfromzero.com, look at products, find starters, and then fill out that quiz. And we look forward to supporting you and mentoring you on your journey.